One of the most important things we do at Mediavine as we pursue our mission of helping content creators build sustainable businesses is ensuring that everything we do has diversity and inclusion at the top of our minds. From the videos we put out, to the blog posts we publish, to the social media posts we deliver, and the graphics we design, it's imperative to us that we celebrate the black and brown creators in our community, not just in February for Black History Month, but every month of the year. And today's podcast episode is a sterling example of that. I'm Jenny Guy, your host for Mediavine On Air. To kick off today's episode, I have a question for you. What happens when you take seven successful content creators and unite them under one website with a very important mission? The answer? It's the brand new site, Black People's Recipes. Just over a month ago, I sat down with Brandy Crawford of the website Stay Snatched and Tani Harris of My Forking Life to dish about what they've got cooking with their new venture. In today's episode, they're talking not only about how they got their site up and running in a flash, but how they both became content creators full-time and how they've optimized their workflows today. If you liked today's episode, make sure to give us a rating and share the podcast to your social media channels. Now here's Brandy and Tanya. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Media Vine's Jenny Guy. Welcome, one and all, to another Teal Talk Tuesday in almost March. Okay, I just have to I have to take a moment and, and ask an important question. Am I the only one that finds it incredibly rude every single time I'm reminded that we're already almost in the third month of the year 2022? I can't be the only one. Like, I feel assaulted every time. <laughs> to, be, to be perfectly honest, I was struggling like pre-COVID to accept that 2008 was not just a couple of years ago anymore. But with everything that happened in 2020 and 2021, like any hope that I had of knowing the date or not feeling just completely attacked by the date went out the window. So that's 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 where yeah. I am. So I hope I'm not alone. Anyway, here we are on 2-22-22. Uh, it's a palindrome day. I am your host for Teal Talk, Jenny Guy, and I am so happy that we are all here together, whatever the year or date may be. Today, I am joined by two powerhouse content creators who have done something incredibly brave and maybe just like a little, a little bit crazy. They have partnered up with five other extremely successful publishers and done an additional website. So Black People's Recipes debuted at the end of January in 2022, and we cannot think of a better way to continue with our Black History Month content than to hear the story of how it all came to be. So please join me in welcoming back to Teal Talk, the wonderful Tanya Harris, and for the first time, Brandy Crawford. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to read the very incredibly impressive bios for each of them. So Brandy Crawford is the recipe developer and food photographer behind Stay Snatched, where she shares quick and easy, healthy recipes that do not compromise on taste. Very important. She's a CPA with a background in corporate finance and financial planning, so her love is real for numbers, data sets, and Excel spreadsheets. She is also the author of the Super Easy Air Fryer Cookbook and has been featured on Good Morning America, Women's Health Magazine, Shape Magazine, Parade Magazine, Essence Magazine, Country Living Magazine, Southern Living Magazine, BuzzFeed, Delish, The Kansas City Star, Kansas City Spaces, Greatest, and more. Brandy, welcome for the first time to Teal Talk. Thanks, Jenny. So happy to be here. So happy to have you. Okay. And now for another incredibly impressive person, Tanya Harris-Fleming is a mom, wife, attorney, recipe groupie, photographer, and traffic whisperer who took a love of pressure cooker and air fryer recipes and turned them into a full-time income on her part-time blog, My Forking Life which she began in 2016. Devoting between five to 15 hours a week to her site, she reached up to 500,000 page views a month and she now averages over a million page views a month. She reached the Mediavine threshold in April, 2018 and was able to quit her job as an attorney in 2019 to blog full-time and spend more time with her family. Tanya, welcome back. Hey, Jenny. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. All right. So we are very excited to have everyone as our, as my wonderful team has said in the comments, if anyone has any questions about the topics or for Brandy or Tanya, please drop those into the comments and I will talk with them about them. But in the meantime, I want to start out like we typically do on Teal Talk, which is by going beyond the bio. 
Both of you are incredibly successful content creators in your own right. So please give us a little insight to your own journey in the blogging industry and what made you seek out this career. And we heard a little bit from Tanya. So let's hear a little bit more with My Forking Life. You are an attorney. Yeah. So I'm an attorney and I've been practicing since 2009. And I started my blog as a hobby um, when I just started to really learn to cook and I wanted to share those experiences. And one of my main motivations was when I was looking at recipes or looking at other bloggers at that time, I didn't see that many that um, looked like me or had the kind of cuisine that I kind of grew up eating. So that kind of motivated me to want to build my site to be bigger and stronger so that it could actually reach more. And then in the process, I started to meet more bloggers um, and did come across a lot of bloggers that did look like me, like Brandy and some other um, of the women that I've connected with. So that's been kind of one of the main motivations from my site and building it so that I could be also represent myself in the space as well. Uh, I love that so many of our publishers and content creators who have successful careers in other places find that there's a vacancy in the content creation space. And so they just fill it by making their own thing. I think that's so inspirational and wonderful to hear about. Uh, Brandy, same question to you. How did you get started with Stay Snatched? Um, I started in 2016. And so I grew up cooking and in the kitchen and things like that. But um, I was at a point in my life a couple of years prior to starting my blog where I wanted to make all of my family favorite recipes healthier. And so I sought out like healthy eating blogs at the time. Instagram was very meal prep a chicken breast, brown rice, and some carrots or something like that. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to need some flavor. So I started creating my own healthy recipes that were well-seasoned, have a lot of flavor. And I was just sharing them kind of with family and friends. And I wanted to start saving the recipes. So I started a blog, um, had no idea that it could take off until I started listening to podcasts. And so I started in November 2016. Within six months, I qualified for Mediavine. And two years later in 2018, on the same anniversary date of starting my site, I quit my job as a CPA. And never looked back. Um, I love both never. of you. Totally successful in a professional um, capacity, a CPA and an attorney. Actually, I'm going to go off script and ask a question. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> How have you taken those skills from CPA and attorney and brought them into your career as content creator? I'm going to start with Brandy on that one. Um, so for me, because I love spreadsheets and analyzing data, um, and I did a lot of financial planning and analysis, um, I've translated that right to my business. And so I do forecasting models in terms of revenue and expenses and things like that on an annual basis and then on a monthly basis too. And I'm my own CPA. So when it comes to doing my taxes and bookkeeping and stuff like that, um, I can do it myself. And so it's really just enabled me to step out of the creator and artistic element of what I do and really focus on the business, which I think has helped my growth and success tremendously. It's, it's amazing that you have both sides and it had to make it less scary, less intimidating, because I know that we hear that a lot when pub, like a lot of our publishers, their goal is to step out of their full-time day job, but there's a lot of fear there. And also, you know, no safety net, no insurance, no um, 401k, all of those things that you have all that experience. And someone, uh, yes. Betsy just said actually in the comments, sounds like Brandy could start a side hustle doing a CPA <laughs> stuff for bloggers because it's in need. Um, <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, nah, that's too much time. <laughs> but no, that's so interesting that you mentioned the safety net thing because I thought that I would never leave. Even after I qualified for Mediavine and my blog was taking off, um, I had a fairly successful career in doing what I was doing. And so I was like, there's no way this blog will ever make more money than what I'm making now, especially taking into account the benefits and 401k and things like that. Yeah. And so when I saw that I was approaching that horizon, I put together a spreadsheet. And so I did <laughs> kind of some analysis of what I would need to make from my blog, including real health insurance costs, because I was only paying $25 a month for health care. Right. I would dream right. to pay that. <laughs> so I was like, how much is it really going to cost when I step out on my own for healthcare? How much is it going to cost for me to actually fund my retirement on my own? And so once I ran the numbers um, and I also paid off my debt, then I felt completely fine kind of taking that jump. I love to hear that. And and maybe even if you didn't want to offer like the CPA coaching, maybe even an ebook or a course and, and how, you know, 
Just say, I'm just saying, I'm just black people's recipes. Okay, 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 fine, all right, fine. Maybe you have another side hustle going. Yeah. Okay, okay, Tanya. Uh, same question to you. How do you bring those attorney skills into your air fryer skills? Well, I do not have the skills of spreadsheets, but um, I was a criminal defense attorney. Um, that was the only law I practiced. And as a criminal defense attorney, I had to learn how to take like complex, like legal issues and facts and break them down and make it explain it in a way to clients, judges, whoever, in a really easy way. So when that translates to recipes and recipe development, that's kind of where I went with my blog. So things that may seem complicated to certain people, I would, you know, create the recipe, but then I would be very detailed when it came to that. That was one of the skills I had as an attorney and I do it on my site. That's why if you come to my site, you'll see a lot of step-by-step photos where I explain all of the stuff. So that was one of the main um, skills I took. The other um, is that I had to speak to strangers and in front of people every single day. And I had to like think on the cuff. So that's kind of helped me when it comes to being on video. So I was one of the people early on that embraced video content. Um, and then people were like, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, because I used to have to do this in front of judges in very scary situations. So filming like a YouTube video in my home kitchen is like not that hard for me. So those are like the two skills. I would say the most important skills from being an attorney that I've translated over to the blog. I love that. And I'm thinking that that hopefully maybe a, a audience or a reader who's saying that your recipe, their recipe didn't work out is not as scary as like a judge <laughs> or a major case, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I've read some of the comments that you guys get and I just, uh, I love what I bought my air fryer uh, earlier this year and I was on your site constantly watching all the videos to make sure I was, I was buying all the things that you were recommending. So you help a lot of people, help oh, a lot of people. Speaking and segueing into what Brandy was bringing up, we know everyone on this uh, on this live and in the comments knows that being a small digital business owner is a more than full time job. Um, Twenty four hours in a day is not enough to learn all the things that are classified as need to know for you guys. That's not even close. Um, with all that being said, you both decided to take on another full-time job and start an additional website, Black People's Recipes. So will you tell us more about that decision? What was the inspiration for the new site? I'm going to start with Tanya on that one. Mm -hmm. um, well, we actually, we had been um, meeting with each other, and I think a lot of us wanted to start second sites already. Um, and it just kind of made sense for us to actually join forces and start one together. That way we would each be able to contribute and it wouldn't be as time consuming as taking on, you know, a site on our own. And we just had this like common purpose and goal that we wanted. And so it just made it easy for us to join together and decide to create the site. Um, and it's been going very, very well. Uh, what tell us before I move on to Brandy, what, what was the common purpose and goal? Oh, okay. So one of the things that, I mean, it's kind of one of the purposes of why I even started blogging as well. A lot of cultural recipes, um, like the way that we grew up eating and that we were familiar with, they were out there, but they weren't like pretty much, they weren't, I want to say, I hate saying the word authentic, but they weren't really true to the culture of the way the foods were. And so we would talk about these things, um, you know, especially me as I was um, born in the US, but my dad is from Africa and my mom is Jamaican. So I grew up eating certain Caribbean dishes. And then I would go to Google and I would look and they would, you know, be completely modified from the version that I had growing up. So it, I just felt like it was important to make sure that I was presenting these dishes, especially the way that, you know, my Jamaican mother made it and how I remembered eating it and preparing it. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I, I also have to say, we're going to share a resource doc at the end, everybody with links to everybody's sites, all the founders and black people's recipes. So you can look at them, but I have yet to click on your site and the content is going up fast. But every time I go there, I'm mouth, like mouth starts watering instantly. The second I get there, I'm so like, there's so many things I want to jump in and try, but I want to Brandy, same question to you. What, what, what is the, method behind the madness? Yeah, I think so. Actually, two years ago, I feel like this month or maybe last month, Tanya, 
we kind of just, we collectively, all of the founders of the group, were just seeking kind of a resource for each other, like-minded women, where we could kind of just talk about things like these recipes and then just talk about being a Black content creator in this space and being a Black food create, food blogger in this space. And so we've been, we were going to meet monthly, but then the pandemic happened and everyone needed more closeness. I think everyone in the world <laughs> kind of just needed a little bit more um friendship. It turned into a group of just like-minded businesswomen getting together to talk business to friendship that also kind of has a business element to it. And so just kind of in natural conversation, this opportunity kind of just came up and we honed in on it very quickly and we're able to um, turn it into what we have now. And so what I'm just thankful for is when you bring together seven women who've been successful in their own right, you have seven different sets of ideas, seven people who have experience starting something from the ground up, and seven women who've made mistakes who know, oh, we're not going to do that again, or we know what works really well. We are going to do a lot of that. We're going to go ham on that type thing. And so that part of it is just invaluable. And um, I'll just echo everything Tanya said about the recipes. We want true, and I am going to probably use the word authentic, authentic Black cultural recipes that my granny was making that my granny showed me how to make that I can share with the world. I love all of what you said. And I love hearing the way that you have seven different expertise, ideas, inspirations, and that you're able to make all of those sing in harmony. And we're going to talk more about that in just a second. But I wanted to ask, I'd love to hear a little more about how you guys found each other in the first place. Was it a conference? Was it searching each other online and asking specific questions in Facebook groups? Um, Brandy, I'll start with you on that one. Um, when you are Black in the space, it's not hard to notice each other, especially when you're Black and doing well. And so um, I think most of us were already following each other on Instagram, and we literally just were sliding in the DMs like, hey, we're looking to kind of connect, maybe form some type of group where we can kind of just bounce ideas off of each other type thing. And it literally just happened that way. And then it turned into us just meeting. We've actually taken a trip. Some of us have gone to Mexico City over the summer. So just really nice bonding experience. To add to that, Tanya, anything that you I've noticed sliding in the DMs? I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly how she said it. We were just sliding in the DMs like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's terrific. Okay. While we have the privilege of talking with you two, two of the founders of Black People's Recipes today, there are five more wonderful Black content creators that aren't with us on the episode. So will you tell us a little more about each of them? Tanya, will you start? Tell us about the people who aren't with us today. Hopefully they're watching. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get them all too. Um, we've got Jocelyn of Grand Baby Cakes, um, and she's she's been blogging for a good while. She does a lot of Southern generational recipes. We've got Shannon of Fit So Cooker Clean, and she does a lot of Whole30 recipes, um, and she does also a lot of gadget recipes, stuff in Instapot, Slow Cookers, Air Fryers as well. Um, we've got Jessica of Jessica's in the Kitchen, Jessica's Kitchen, sorry, and uh, she does uh, vegan recipes, and she's also, um, she's Jamaican as well, so I love seeing her recipes. We've got Davina of Dr. Davina's Cooks. And she does a lot of comfort food that fits the low carb way of eating. And we have Ema of Immaculate Bites, who's also been blogging for um, a good while. And she does a lot of Southern Caribbean as well as African cuisine. That is a killer lineup. <laughs> killer lineup. Brandy, are each of these creators bringing their own take on the recipes to it? And so you have some that are vegan, some that are gadget, some that are low carb. Is that, is that how you guys are going about it? Absolutely. And so I love that we all have a different level of expertise to bring to the table, being able to create vegan versions of recipes that are historic and authentic and true to our roots, but just using different ingredients, low carb versions that can still be considered comfort food, but maybe just don't have the sugar or the all purpose flour and stuff like that. And then it's, it's just amazing. We can do gadget recipes. We can have it ready for you in 15 or 20 minutes instead of two, three hours, you know, in the kitchen all day. And so you'll see a wide mix of everything on the site. And that's another thing that I love. And I think that sets us apart. I would say that, yeah, what I love that I've seen the most so far is a, a lot of the recipes that I see are 
with the Southern and things like that, they are all day recipes or they are all like month recipes. You're making three <laughs> different things that you're keeping and you're storing and then you're putting it all together. So that makes it to where there are special occasion meals where you have to have. But I love that you guys are taking that and making it to where it doesn't have to be a four day cooking affair or a gut buster that you only feel like you're going to want to eat once at a year at Christmas. Like you can have these flavors and these flavor profiles all year round. I love that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One of the most common, and you've already said this actually, Brandy, one of the most common refrains we hear around amongst the blogging community and the Mediavine staff is, oh, I wish I knew when I started my website is X, Y, and Z. I wish, gosh, I wish I knew more about SEO when I started my website. For all of the creators of Black People's Recipes, as you brought up, this is your second go round at minimum. So what are your, what were your priorities starting out? Are there any must do's or must haves in terms of setups or programs? Um, I'm going to start out with Tanya on that one. I would say, I think, especially, and I think we started out this, having a particular goal or purpose, like what is your reason why you're doing this? Because of course, you know, part of it may be monetary, but I think you still need another goal, right? Whether it's to preserve, you know, and share authentic recipes, whether it's to show successful Black women in the space running a business together, you just need some kind of purpose as to why you're even starting this website. I think when I started my forking life, it was like, oh, this is just for fun. But I didn't even know, like completely hone down what my goal and overall purpose for this site was. I know now, but when I, the first day I started, I had no clue. I was just like doing stuff. <laughs> and so I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things you want to make sure you know when you're starting out. I would imagine I it's that. also probably, oh, sorry, Manny. I would imagine it's also probably something that is helpful when you have seven different voices coming together that you have to be extremely clear about what it is that you're trying to do. Otherwise all over the map, because all of you guys are all over the map with your, so Brandy, same question to you. Were there any musts that you felt like you guys needed to start out with? Um, I would say I wanted us to focus on owning one platform or not trying to be everywhere at the same time. So I'd say when I started my site, I was like, oh my God, I got to take over Instagram. I got to take over Facebook. I got to take over Pinterest. Ooh, I'm going to do some YouTube videos too. So I was like, I'm going to be in all of these places. And within like three weeks, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to focus on my site and I'm going to post to Instagram. And once I got really good momentum with my site, I really honed in on Instagram. And then when I was doing really well on Instagram, then I focused on Facebook and things like that. And so just understanding that you don't have to be everywhere at the same time, because um, championing one platform takes so much effort, so much time. And so just making sure that we're focusing on the right things and at the right time and not feeling the pressure or FOMO of being everywhere because you can't. That FOMO is so real too. Every time you see somebody post, I got 500,000 page views from X, Y, and Z. And you're like, I have to do it. I have to do it now. I know I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to go buy a camera, (laughs) like a a new video camera. I need to have lighting. Like it's so hard not to run around in that way. Um, So I appreciate that you guys. So where are you focusing? I actually saw somebody in the comments say TikTok. (laughs) Maybe individually, um, I think we're trying to work on our sites for TikTok. Uh, But I would say in terms of social media, probably Pinterest and Instagram, but the site is the the main goal. Like actually having good content, because that's another point, another thing that we're uh, working on too, is just having, and Tanya spoke to this too, really good recipes. And so Mm -hmm. a goal is to uh, someone who's never cooked anything before, can they read your recipe, read your tips, your blog posts, and make that recipe successfully without even having to ask you a question? Can they just go through everything because it's so well-written, so well-outlined? And so to me, that's a focus. Good content is something I feel like that's kind of like a broken record thing is, oh, my God, you have to have good content. But for a recipe creator, good content lies in the recipe. Like how well is it written? Are your instructions clear? Are they easy to follow? Even for complex, traditional you know, soul food and Southern recipes, you can write that recipe so that someone with no experience can still make it, even if it's complex. Uh, and, and that all, yeah, that's one of our biggest SEO tips that we ever give is have good content, write good content. And like you said, answering those questions that, you know, readers are going to have preemptively so that when we're talking about, I can't write more than the recipe. Well, when you're answering all those questions in advance, when you're anticipating them, you can, because they're all there, it's all written right into it. I have to do a little plug because I've, I've noticed that your site is built on 
a media vine product is it is it on trellis it is it on sure trellis is. <laughs> my email i was so quickly with it we, we're gonna need trellis we're starting black people's recipes we're gonna need trellis so that was like one of the first to do items on our, our on our launch list so yes it is um, on trellis and it's going well. I mean, it looks good. It looks great to me. I love it. But so you guys are happy with the insulin. It's going well for you and working, working for your purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We, both have we both have trellis. trellis. Yeah. yeah. So it was no brain. Trellises. We love it. <laughs> all trellis all the time. I love to hear it. It's easy. We, we talk like the nice thing about trellis for, from my perspective is that you don't have to worry about things like the core web vitals and all that. Like it's, it's done. You, it's not mm -hmm. something that, cause again, with all of the different things grabbing your attention. So one of the primary goals you guys mentioned, you set out for your mission and that is, that's your core, what you're going for. But one of the goals is also monetization with that. So how are you handling that with black people's recipes? Are you looking for sponsor content, wanting to work with specific brands? Are you doing ads? What about affiliate? And I'll, I'll direct that to Tanya. I said I would direct things so they weren't both trying to answer at the same time. I fell down on the job. <laughs> um, definitely our, our main, um, I think, priority is um, through ads. Um, ads is one of those, although it's not necessarily completely passive, it's one of the more passively forms of income. Um, and so that's our main one, affiliates as well. And then of course, sponsorship work. Um, we're new, so it's not like, you know, we've got sponsors knocking, well, we do have a few already reaching <laughs> out actually. Um, but our main priority for now is ads. And then in the future, uh, who knows? <laughs> but I feel like there's so many ways to monetize a website and a brand that there's just the, the possibilities are endless. But right now it's mostly ad income. Yeah, I didn't even start. I just started out with a few basics to begin with. You've got products, you've got courses, you've got all the things. Um, anything to add to that about monetization, Brandy? I don't think so. Tanya covered it all. All right, fantastic. All right, since we're talking about uh, monetization and in honor of Black History Month, we talked about this a little before we came on, but I wanted to bring up that advertisers are earmarking ad spend, ad dollars specifically for Black and Brown content creators. Tani, you specifically spoke about this for uh, a couple of Media Minds ad partners, Triple Lift and Group M in June of 2021. And this, uh, we were talking about their underrepresented voices initiative. And what you said then was, as a black woman business owner, I have firsthand experience as to why initiatives such as this one are so important. Uh, I started my blog five years ago and I noticed a lack of diversity in the blogging industry. That's starting to change, but much more could be done to level the playing field. Underrepresented voices is a huge step in the right direction, and I'm thankful that Triple Lift and Group N started this initiative. I would love to hear more from both of you on your thoughts on the importance of initiatives like this one, where we're talking about specific ad dollars that are earmarked for Black content creators, Brown content creators, uh, AAPI content creators, women, LGBTQIA, and and I would love to hear about your feelings on that, and as well as how you feel about the self-identifying, because that's in the media vine world, that's the only way to know. Um, that's the only way we can attribute is if you self-identify. I'm going to start with you, Brandy. And so with the self-identifying, you're meaning in the media vine dashboard, you can check a box if Correct. you're a Black creator. Okay. My it's box not something is <laughs> Thank you for checking your box. Yes. <laughs> My box is checked because um, just in general, I'm black. I'm proud of being black. I live an authentically black life. If you follow me on social media, you're probably reminded of that unintentionally every single day. And so for me, um, initiatives like this are important because I feel like we're asked all of the time, how can we pass the mic to black creators, black business owners, black entrepreneurs, how can we share the space and be inclusive? And just to be frank, putting money behind us and other creators is one way to do that. And so um, initiatives like this can help, you know, propel people that look like me to follow their dreams and to actually be able to share their talent and to get paid for it as they should as they 1000% should <laughs> Hey, content creators. Um, Tanya, same to you. Um, yeah. And I, I guess to follow up, I echo what I said earlier as well. And, you know, as Brandy said, like a lot, you know, money talks. And so right now the playing fields isn't equal. And that's not just in the food blog industry. That's a lot of industries. Um, as an attorney, there's like less than 2% 
black women that are attorneys. So you can imagine how it is in the blogging community. So initiatives like these are important if we want anything to change. And as far as identifying, I know initially when I started blogging, I think before it was just a logo, like no one knew I was behind the site. But then I realized the importance of showing who I am, because if you see me down the street, I am a black woman. And that affects every little aspect of my life. When I walk down the street, how I feel going, you know, into the space, how I felt being a food blogger in a space. So I think it's important because I do think people need to see that it is a black woman that's running the site and how I work hard to make sure that it is successful so that others can also be inspired and know that they can do the same as well. Because if you don't see us doing it, then you're going to think, well, there's no one like me doing this. I can't do it. So I think it's important to actually show who you are, you know, click the, click, check the box. <laughs> and so that way, and that way, of course, you can get the money to help further the mission as well. Absolutely. Uh, that was incredibly poignant. And I, I can't imagine what it, it, how hard it must be to feel like you're breaking into an industry and to struggle like, where there aren't people that you feel like that's represented and um, you're paving the way and you're, um, making the, the road easier for everybody who follows behind you. And that's incredibly, incredibly inspirational and important. So thank you for doing that. Uh, let's talk workflow for a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to pivot from the emotional topic. And because I think we'd all agree it, it is a journey to establish a workflow for yourself, especially when you're the one woman band that so many content creators are, how to devote the right amount and what even is the right amount of time and attention to all of the myriad important things without getting bogged down. And as we talked about before, without the FOMO of your attention's constantly getting pulled from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. As a result, content creators have to be a lot of times a, a one woman or one man army. You have to be in order to achieve success. So how does that translate now with seven independent people and workflows coming together on one site? Brandy, I'll start with you there. Um, one thing that works well for us is that we meet regularly. So we um, have meetings regularly where we can discuss what are our hot button things that need to be kind of done this week, next month, that kind of thing. We also have an editorial calendar. So we all know what we're working on for the next few months. And we just tapped into each other's zones of genius. And so we've kind of just delegated roles and responsibilities um, as it pertains to the site based on who's good at what and divvied it out that way. And so it's been awesome. It's just been awesome having other people to help with all of the tasks and not having to do it on your own as clearly we both did with our, yeah, our right. sites initially. And so, and then things that we don't necessarily need our individual zones of genius for that we can farm out, we you know have help for that too. Uh, I think that it's the best part of zones of genius and working on a team is that it's something that you feel is so easy and natural that you don't even think that it's don't think about it as a skill because it's so you're so natural at it. But other people are struggling, particularly like, just hearing you talk about spreadsheets and coming up with budgets and everything makes me go, oh my God, I'm so glad that that is personal. <laughs> it's definitely not mine. So I love yeah. hearing that same question to you. And and I also wanted to ask um if there's to, to drill down a little bit further, is there a specific editorial calendar that you're working through? How do you guys do that? Because that's something we are always struggling around here to uh, all it's publishers I hear. Literally just a basic spreadsheet with a month in all of our names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> that's Brandy's own a genius. She creates the spreadsheets and I, I know how to enter stuff in a spreadsheet. So that's <laughs> Yes, but don't ask me to add it all up because that's yeah. not that's tough. <laughs> I it. Anyway, okay. Uh, same question to you, Tanya. Um, how how have you found making the workflow work for you guys? I think it works since that we all have established um, blogs, and the m majority of us, um, our blogs, we have our own content calendars that we do. We do our own like SEO research, so that that way you can feel strong that everyone's bringing the same, you know, I guess quality of content and quality of ideas that belong on the blog. Um, and as Brandy said, we meet weekly, so we are able to discuss the kind of content that we're going for the next month or the next few months, and then. Um, the topics that are going to get covered. And then if we've got like other things that are outside of our zones of genius, we talk about who we're going to, you know, hire to help us with that as well. Because I mean, that's what, you know, successful businesses do. They need to delegate, they delegate. And so I think it's good that we've all 
had our blogs enough and have grown them significantly enough that we kind of just are, we know what to do and we are able to work together. I love hearing all of that. I love the weekly meetings. Communication is definitely key. I'm going to put that down as one of the things. We also have people that are now posting in the comments that uh, now it makes me wonder why not everyone is doing a group blog designating tasks according to strengths. So you might spur, we may have a rash of group sites <laughs> happening after this. I wanted to ask for SEO purposes, if if you guys had a, a tool that you specifically like or tools and how, how much new content were you working to put out when you launched and, and how often are you posting? Brandy, I'll ask you. Some of us use SEMrush, some of us use Hrefs. So I don't think that there's just one tool that we use. Um, in terms of the content we wanted to start with, we wanted enough to where people who came to the site, there could be a good mix of different types of recipes, appetizers. I think we had a drink, we had a couple of desserts and things like that. And we're doing that same style for the rest of the year. So we're basically just making sure that we have very well-rounded categories and we're covering everything. Love it. And so you establish your categories, kind of establish the site navigation based on what you, the type of experience you wanted your readers to have when they arrived. And then you're just filling the categories accordingly. Love hearing that. Okay. And, and SEMrush, we are, we're SEMrush fans around here at Mediavine too. We use that one. Um, Google search console as well. I also wanted to, as I, as I talked about the workflow, um, I didn't put this on the on the sheet either on the pre the pre questionnaire, but I wanted to ask, what is it like getting seven founders together? And is it something to where, as each of you are independent and successful in your own right, is there are there contracts? Is there mission? Like, how do you work on that together? Because that that could be a, a challenging thing to navigate. Uh, and I'll ask Tanya about that one as as our lawyer. <laughs> I have to put a disclaimer. I'm not your lawyer, but um, this is not legal advice. No, this is not. Thank you. And the only thing that's left now is to say it depends as your answer. Because that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, like any business, we have our general um, contracts and agreements that we have. And that that wasn't hard to come about. I think another thing um, outside of the legal part of it, I think another thing that Brandy mentioned is that we're not just, you know, people that like, hey, you, you're successful, let's work together. We are actually friends. We speak <laughs> weekly. So it's one of those things where it's, we kind of knew that it wouldn't be an issue. And then if we have any disagreements, we have, I guess, bylaws that tell us how to handle those as well. There's seven of us. So, you know, there's never going to be a tie if we ever have to have a vote. It works out that way as well. So we did cover those, but I think one of the biggest things that makes it work is that we both know, we, we know that we all work hard. We all are going to meet our deadlines and speaking with us over, you know, two years, Brandon and I have known each other longer than that. We just know that, you know, we're not going to just like blow the other off. We're actually going to work hard to make sure that the site is a success. So I think that's the main thing that has helped us be successful in this site so far. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot different if it was just one person going up to six people like, hey, let's start a blog. <laughs> like, <no. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an organic idea, right? Like you guys were together as a sort of mastermind. Then you became friends. Then it became, it built into a, into a business idea. But I loved hearing about bylaws. Yes. Yes. Lawyer talk like it's there. You hope you don't need it. You probably won't, but it's there just in case. Um, that is, that is very, very exciting. Okay. Um, I also wanted to talk about one of the recurring themes that we've, we've had, um, around here for black history month. We've had some incredible speakers. We've talked to black teammates that we have at Mediavine, black content creators that we work with, um, for full service ad management. And one of the recurring themes has definitely be, been a scarcity versus abundance mindset and how important, how a lot of what we see reflected in the instances of hate and the instances come down to fear of having whatever it is that you perceive as yours taken away from you. And I would love to hear how that scarcity versus abundance clearly manifests in having seven people who are all successful on their own come together. Um, and I'll ask you, Brandy, I'm not sure that what the exact question is there, but it might just be more of a general, like, talk about um, well, when I hear of scarcity mindset, I know just in terms of, we were just talking about like keyword volume. And when we think about ranking on Google and things like that, a lot of people kind of want to hold on to, to, to their rankings and stuff like that. And with an opportunity like this, it could present itself to be competitive even amongst each other. But at the end of the day, we all want each other. 
to win. So if Tanya's recipe is beating out mine, cool. Another black woman is at least getting, you know, that keyword in that recipe. And so if I win, she wins. And one of the media vine quotes is what is it? The rising tide lifts all boats and things like that. And so I love that reference because I feel like if someone else in this space is winning, then I'm winning too. And so there's never any scarcity. There's always enough room and there's always a seat for me at the table. That's just how I feel and think. Yes. And also hearing that there aren't just like five people searching for the chocolate chip recipe. There are enough people who want yes. to eat chocolate chip cookies that it's okay that her. Yes. 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 And there are going to be some people who want my chocolate chip recipe because there's something that I can make that will distinguish it as mine to be different. Yes. Your chocolate chip recipe is yours. And you it, it's it's people who want the, the your. Yes. Yes. I'm going to leave that where it is. Tanya, same question to you. Scarcity versus abundance and how that's manifesting here. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Brandy. And I think, you know, any for me personally, I think scarcity was kind of just inbred in my mind when I was like growing up, I would always be fearful that like, you know, we, we would budget everything because they, the idea was like, you know, you only would get a certain amount. And then, you know, when I got older, I realized like there is an abundance of people in the world looking for recipes. Um, and like Brandy said, when you one of, you know, one of us wins, we all win. It's just, it's, super excited. So I'm even one of those people like, I don't have every single recipe out there and I don't want to make every single recipe out there. So if people say, Hey, do you have a recipe for this? I'm not going to go and create that. I'm going to share another blogger's recipes, especially one that I trust. So like that happens to me a lot. Like people will come and say, do you have this? And I'll be like, no, but Brandy has one. Here you go. Try this out. (laughs) And that doesn't hurt me because there's, you know, 50 other people that wants to get, you know, another recipe on my site. And I do believe, honestly, when you have that mindset, you, abundancy comes. But I do think that's something that you have to teach yourself um, because a lot of times we're, we, not everyone, but, you know, some people have been raised to just feel that if I don't win, then, you know, there's no more out there. And I feel like you just have to have the proper mindset of abundance. And, you know, like she said, the tides and the boats and the that, yeah, I, that think I, I think I think I knew what I meant. I knew what I meant. That's right. That's that's and it's one of the Amber Brace girls, right? Rising yeah. tides raise all ships. Because yeah. I've butchered yeah, it so many times on different things. And you don't even realize it till you're midway into it. You're like rising. I'm gonna say the ship oh. the ship quote. The, you know the quote about the ship that yeah, one. Where yeah, exactly. Everybody yeah, yeah, that one. we're all going to be higher is really what I'm saying with water. Um, We we had a, we actually had a speaker um, who is the senior vice president of brand strategy and marketing at BET. His name is Tyle Hayes. We had him last week and he was magical, but he, his, his analogy that he talked about with the scarcity versus abundance mindset was the idea that you're a, you're a parent and you have one child and whether that, you know, a niece or whatever, but, but, if there's a scarcity mindset, you won't have love for the second child. Like it's just the first child, like I'm done, I'm out. My love is gone. Um, But the idea that somehow that incredible amount of love that you have multiplies by two or by three or by five. And that's how it happens. It's like somebody said, um, uh, the universe is infinite. It's not pie. That is the truth. (laughs) Unfortunately, pie is good. I love that. Okay. We actually had a search console question from Jenny Field. She said, do all of you guys have access to your new blog search console, or do you have a designated person who is your search console genius? Um, Brandy. We all have access to it. I think that they're varying. Um, some people care about looking at it all the time, more than others, but we all have access to it. <laughs> I haven't looked at it in like a week, though. So, so I can say maybe I'm not the person that's always looking at it. I haven't looked in a week or two. That's amazing. I don't look at it every day. I don't. No, I used, I, normally I would be. I've just been busy over the last week. So I'll get back to checking in every day. <laughs> All right. So y'all launched a little under a month ago. Looking forward to the rest of 2022 and then beyond. What are some of your goals for Black People's Recipes? What would you like to accomplish? I'll start with Tanya on that one. Um, well, I want Google to rank us. <laughs> yes, rank us, Google. Um, but the, the other thing is I just want to reach um, as many people as we can so that they can come to the recipes. And, you know, 
basically learn a lot. So I'm going to piggyback off of one of the articles that has gotten a lot of interaction was one that Brandy wrote, which was um, <laughs> why do black people wash chicken? And it's a, it's a conversation that happens a lot. It's a very, you know, controversial topic, but then I feel like a lot of people didn't, you know, know why there was this, you know, stigma of washing chicken or, you know, why people wash chicken, but Brandy kind of broke it down and was like, you guys, this is why. And I don't think there's a lot of content out there that explains that. So I just hope that we meet, we reach as many people as we can so that they can learn more about our cultural food, our cultural traditions and things such as that. So that's the overall goal. As long as Google ranks us, it will happen. Speak yeah. it, in, it into existence. Yeah. Google, abundance, abundance Google mindset. Just <laughs> rain down the yes. Google abundance. <laughs> exactly. Brandy, same question to you. What are some of your goals? I'll definitely echo what uh, Tanya said. The educational piece, I think, is invaluable. And it's a large reason, you know, why we started this site to kind of teach people. It's not even just about teaching recipes. It's teaching our traditions, our customs, and why we do the things that we do. And I I had a feeling that that why Black people um, wash chicken posts would be uh, really popular. And it really speaks to the historical reasons and the history of Black people in this country, you know, how we were treated and things that were done and just things of that nature. It's, it's really, if you haven't read that article, blackpeoplesrecipes.com slash why Black people wash chicken. It's really, really good. And so um, I shared it and within like 30 minutes, we were getting comments after comment on the post where people were just like, oh my God, I never knew any of this historical background, um, things of that nature. So just knowing that you can reach people and that they can learn something um, is invaluable. And so that's probably first and foremost goal for sure. That is, um, a, a, an incredible goal. Um, and I love setting that out as being your mission, then all the other things are going to follow, um, all of the other, you know, the Google and the, yeah. the monetization and all of those things are going to come when you're pursuing the mission that you have. So we are almost at the end of our time here, which is a big old bummer, but, uh, we always like to leave our incredible audience with action items so that they can walk away and immediately be able to put your expertise into practice when they when they walk away. So today, I would like to ask for your advice on content creator allyship and how can we as content creators best use our influence to support sites like Black People's Recipes? And as you said, how can we pass the mic beyond checking the box Every media fine publisher, go check the box and get 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 the money. But beyond that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys for just a second and make a quick announcement. I will come back and I will start out with Tanya on that one. Guys, for our next TL talk, we are gone for a couple of weeks. When we come back, it will be March again with the rudeness of the dates, but it will be March 15th, Tuesday. At uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, we will have Andy Daynard of Reality Blurred with a possible surprise guest. We are going to be talking about uh, a new venture that we'll be releasing. Um, it is called Mediavine University, and we will be releasing that out in uh, um, the next couple of months. We are very excited about it. Please join us. Uh, so we will see you then. But for now, um, let's go back to my incredible guest that I've had today. Uh, it's been a wonderful conversation. And I'm so grateful that you guys have been here. I'm going to start with Brandy. People who say they want to help, and I believe they do want to help. How can you be a good ally? Yeah, I think it starts with being genuine, kind of, as you just said, um, taking a genuine interest in helping and making it not a check the box task. Because I feel like during the Black Lives Matter huge movement that we saw June, May of um, 2020, lots of white content creators were sharing our content hey, follow this person. She's Black, makes recipes and things like that. And that lasted, that was cool for like a month or two. But it's like, what steps are you taking kind of past that? And are you sharing people on a consistent basis from a genuine place and not a check the box place? Um, evaluating your friendship circles, evaluating your blogger circles. How do those people look? Are they all white? Is there any diversity there? Mastermind groups, retreats. When you reach out for people to be a part of your mastermind group or in your retreat, are you looking to create kind of diversity in those spaces and lift up the community that many people say they want to lift up, but it needs to be more than a check the box. It needs to be an ongoing thing that's at the forefront of your mind. If you scroll Instagram, how do the people look when you like a photo or engage with a photo? 
do you scroll past the black content creators? And I feel like we're easy to find. Like I said, we all knew about each other because we're black in the space. And so we found each other the same way other people can find us and uplift us. Uh, very helpful. So it is not just about checking the box, but it is just about checking the box when you are trying to identify. <laughs> in the dashboard. In the dashboard. But that's the simplest part. Beyond that, it's about the starting from a genuine place and then, um, and, and it's more than just, I love that because the people you're surrounded with, that's going to seep into what you're doing. It's going to seep into every part of your life. And if you're not looking at that, yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Same question to you, Tanya. Wow. Well, Brandy's response was incredible. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I do agree about the being genuine because that is what allows you to stay consistent. And mm -hmm. what she said as well is, surrounding your circles um like i know for me myself like i went to an hbcu for law school and it was and i went particularly because it was like the most diverse law school that i ever saw and went to and the experiences i got there were incredible and i think people need to kind of think about that like she said when you're going to you're forming a mastermind who is in it is it diverse how could you make it diverse and also supporting um, a lot of uh, Black food bloggers also have books. Brandy has a book, the the Air Fryer Cookbook. Is it this the title super of it? Super easy Air Fryer Cookbook. Super, super easy Air Fryer Cookbook. She's got <laughs> a book. Um, Grand Baby Cakes also has a book. And so purchasing their products, um, sharing their recipes, things such as that. If you want to make a recipe for your own site, maybe, you know, rather than just creating it, maybe share, spotlighting someone else's recipe in that on your social media or whatever. I think if you do that consistently and not once, and that's definitely a great way to be an ally. Not just in February, right? right. Or, or Juneteenth. February or and Juneteenth. Juneteenth. That's, yeah. Those are the days we see the spikes in shares. Yeah. Yeah. It's it not, <laughs> no, that's not, no, that's not the way, that's not the way to make change. It's that consistency showing up. Thank you so, so much for sharing and for the work you're doing and for creating this wonderful website that is not only delicious, but inspiring to, to all of us out here. We're very, very excited to be working with you at Mediavine and we're very appreciative for taking this time uh, to, to talk with us today. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. All right, ladies. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple weeks and uh, have a great rest of your February. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening. 